This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. It is Merry Christmas time in a couple of days. And today we have glad tidings from the chairman today. Absolutely. A little impromptu call to Mr Morris. He sends his best wishes out to all the Bridges. He was very cooperative at last minute notice, wasn't he? (laughs) Yes, he was. As usual, we have Judge Julie, Pam Livingston, Kermit's tips this week. And we've got some special news to share. One of our Bridge colleagues across the ditch, I should say has scored an international prize. Has indeed. So, And thank you very much to our own secretary, Alistair Stack, who's sort of organised the bridge zone, and we do appreciate that. So Kim Fraser is the ABF secretary, Alistair's twin, isn't she? She's won an award, an international award, for a book that she wrote. Mariana, have you got the mental edge that you need at the bridge table? I'd be saying I've got 50-50 of that. Yep, I'm mental, but the edge... I might need to sharpen that up a bit. Kim's book is called Gaining the Mental Edge at Bridge. Maybe you need a copy for Christmas. Yeah, I wonder where you can get it from, though. Probably a bit late. You might get it for the new year, maybe. Nah. Nah, you reckon? We'll have a talk to Kim next week if we can get her on the line and see what she says. Maybe she'll ship out a few copies. Yeah. So Kim actually represented Australia in shooting as well. She didn't just represent them. She was a star. She was. Won three gold medals in four Commonwealth Games for shooting. National Women's Champ seven times. National Open Champ twice. And she's also fairly good at bridge. Well, I guess if you, you know, you did the wrong thing, she'd probably shoot you between the eyes, Maria. <laughs> We're going to try and see if we can catch up with her. Well, that a, would be great. Alistair has sort of more or less made it agree so good on you Alistair and we'll have her on next week for everybody relaxing at home by the pool listening to the Bridge Zone (laughs) we'll have Kim Fraser on next week hey Bridge this week back at the Bridge table Barry yeah we'll be ready for it after the day after Boxing Day at Papatoui have you registered for all three days I have so Barbara and I so I guess we'll see you there well yeah I might get a ride in the Blue Falcon Yes, you might. How about that? You're going to have to leave early, though. We're leaving at 3.30, heading up to that cosy club, having dinner, and then we're just going to mosey around to the bridge club. Is that every day? Yeah, might. Well, the first day. Dinner at the cosy club three days in a row. They have a lot of pick and mix there. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no problems. Jump on in. 17 tables registered, I see. Bloody Nora. And I guess there'll be a few more yet. People will get to... The day before Christmas, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and think, oh man, what am I going to do? I could spend time with the family. Oh, maybe I'm I'll, out of there. Maybe I'll go and play the Pepitone Christmas tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yes, that's good numbers, 17. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure they'll end up with more than that. Yeah, because it allows walk-ins as well, doesn't well, it? Well, as well as that, <laughs> did you see when their closing date was for entries? No. Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, well, I think that's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I actually miss playing 
at the tables. We're so lucky, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And just think, there's plenty of places that haven't played for months and months and months. And here's us grumbling because we've had a week off. Before we zap off anywhere. We've got the chairman of New Zealand Bridge on the line, Mariana, here to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you for coming on, Ellen. It's a pleasure. Excuse the uh, road noise. I happen to be in my car doing the usual last-minute rush around for Christmas presents. <laughs> Not being a shopper. Taking time out to wish every bridge player a happy Christmas and may 2021 be a hell of a lot better than what 2020 was. Ellen, have you bought any bridge-related presents for your bridge-playing wife and daughter for Christmas? No, I haven't. <laughs> and maybe I should have. <laughs> but no, I haven't. Well, maybe they've bought one for you, Ellen. They may think maybe your need's oh. greater than theirs, they think. I don't know. My need is definitely greater than theirs. <laughs> Hey, I see you're playing with Jess at Papatoetoe, so I'll see you there. I'm, ah, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. She's learning two over one, so it should be exciting times. But, uh, That's her Christmas present, is two over one. Oh, what could be better? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Obviously no plans for overseas travel next year, Ellen. <laughs> no, not at the moment. Uh, I can't see us travelling at all. It was interesting, on Saturday we had our quarterly catch up with the ABF and we're just talking about International Bridge and one would still have to question whether the World Champs in late August, September will take place with the state of the world so we keep reminding ourselves gosh we're lucky we're playing face to face here and our lives are pretty much normal as much as they can be so um, I know the selectors are still going ahead with selecting teams for those world champs, but, gee, it does, it does look pretty unlikely. I've got my name well, down, Alan, but, yeah. Well, I think there are two things. A, you still have to kind of go on as if normal, because we don't know what will happen. But then I think there are a lot of players in their own personal right will say, I'm not quite sure I want to do this for a host of reasons. It could be to do with age, do with Sorry about the disturbance there. What Ellen said was, it could be to do with age. It could be that they need to be satisfied that everybody has taken the appropriate protection. Mm. Uh, I think we've got a long way to go. Meantime, we can all look forward to a great new initiative in the Taranaki Congress going for best part of a week next year. So, mm. Isn't that exciting? It is. It is very good. Look, they've got a great venue too. I, I think it's going to be tremendous. I just hope they get the support they deserve. And I, I think they will. Well, I hope so. And I think we've just got to keep promoting it and encouraging people to participate in all of the Congresses. Uh, but that one in particular, it's five, six days. Tauranga uh, is a 15A event. It's the usual three days. But I think people will get out play a lot, at least I hope they do. I reckon it must be pretty scary stuff being the organiser of something like that for the very first time. This is the Taranaki one, I mean, where you put yourself out there, you hire the venue, you send out the posters and think, geez, I hope we get enough players to make it make it work. Well, I think they will. Yeah, well, I think they will. I think, really very, I think it's a really brave move, and I think they really deserve to, to do well, so fingers crossed. And we should continue to promote that. Yeah, yes. I can see lots of bridges lounging out by that swimming pool because it still will be nice and warm. Down at Taranaki? Oh, it's subtropical down there. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Alan, hey, thanks very much for coming on and all the best to you oh. and yours for Christmas. The Bridge Zone never sleeps, Alan. We work every Tuesday.
Good to hear. <laughs> See you at Papatoe. Bye now. Okay, ciao. Hey, I'll give you a tip too about lessons. We've already, for the Hamilton Bridge Club, had our first contact about when lessons are going to be starting. A lady wants to come along and learn. Well, she'll be in for a treat. Won't she? Talking about treats, we've had a little bit of discussion from Kermit's Tips last week on week twos. Yeah, how weak is weak? Hmm. I don't know. I reckon I agree with Pam. Whatever your arrangement is... You shouldn't go out. I don't know whether you should overvalue or undervalue or upgrade. If, or I downgrade. Guess. Yep. What do you reckon? Well, I think, like she suggested, sort of six to nine, and that's probably a pretty standard range, and that's probably what we agree. But I think there's no doubt that a lot of partnerships agree if the vulnerability's in their favour, maybe they're third in hand and they're green against red, so not vul against vul. Sometimes anything goes. <laughs> But hey, that is all part of the partnership agreement. Even though your partnership's six to nine, if you're known to step out of line sometimes, if the vulnerability's in your favour, you've got to tell the ops that if they ask. So six to nine is maybe not the full story for a lot of partnerships. And some people open them a bit stronger. Like some people open like eight to 11 for those week twos. And then if they open like a multi, it's weaker and stuff like that. So there's lots of different things you can, but there's no right or wrong answer really, Mariana. It's just what you and your partner agree. Well, what about the discussion? Should a week two hold two honours or just one? Or maybe if you downgrade, none. Downgrading is when you've got an 11 count and you downgrade it and call it a nine count. Oh, okay then. See, there's another dumb question. <laughs> but do you have to have any honours? What do you promise? Any honours? One honour? Two honours? We don't actually have a firm agreement on, on how good the suit's got to be. And I have to confess, I've done it with a suit headed by... Jack 10, 9, something like that, if the vulnerability was right. But I guess that's two honours, isn't it? Jack 10. Oh, and the nine's, and the nine's reaching again. And the nine's nearly there, isn't it? <laughs> God. <laughs> I hear you, Jenny. Is that Jenny? Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and after a while, you know, if you've sort of got eight, seven, they look pretty chunky. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we've all done some horrible things at the bridge table, as Pam alluded to in her tip today. <laughs> but opening week twos on pretty poor suits. There's a great story years ago about Marty Bergen. Yeah. Larry Cohen's longtime partner. Mm. And he was well known for his wild bidding. And Larry was just on the other side of the table trying to hold it all together. Yeah. And anyway, Larry said that one day Marty opened a week two on five spades to the eight. <laughs> All right. And the opponents could make slam in spades. <laughs> Try and get there after the opponents have opened a week two in spades, any of you. <laughs> Pretty hard going. Impossible, I'd say. Wonder what that hand can you recall what the hand actually ended up as? I know the opponents didn't get to slam in spades, I can tell you that. <laughs> and amazingly, Marty made some really out of there, crazy, off the wall bids. It's amazing how often he got away with them. Yeah. Even when the opponents could have got him for thousands, yep. he, he quite often managed to escape unscathed. <laughs> but there's always a time when you go for plenty. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Morning, Pam. What do you got for Christmas for our listeners this year? This bridge 
tip is a good one for Christmas, something to think about, because it applies not only at the bridge table, but in life as well. My bridge tip for this week is when you find a good partner, cherish them. Bridge is a partnership game, and if you find someone you like playing with, you need to look after them. And there's quite a few ways that you can look after them. One of the key ways is forgive them their mistakes. We all make them. None of us are exempt from making mistakes, and no one feels worse about it than the person that's made the mistake. So as that person's partner, you want to help them sort of recover and move on to the next board. You certainly don't want to emphasise that they've made a mistake. For me, what I like to do is nothing. I put the cards away and I move on to the next hand. That's one of the ways that you can help partner out. Even if it costs 3400 Mariana. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, even 3400 <laughs> Or 1700 which is what that same hand costs us, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the best thing to do is to just move on. There's no undo button at yep. the bridge table. Just let those people keep their 36 imps that they want. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Pam, that is great advice and sounds so easy, but not always so easy in practice, is it? No, it isn't. It takes quite a lot of discipline. But if you just think about it, bridge is never about one hand. There's a whole lot more to play and you want partner to recover and play well for the rest of the hands. True. Thinking on that subject, Pam, you quite often think you're like a player or maybe of sort of similar ability to yourself. That almost never happens though, does it? Usually one of you is better at something than the other or... Yes, I think that's true and the, the two people in the partnership can have strengths in different areas. So one may be stronger technically one may have a super temperament, but the fact is that you're a partnership and it's for better or for worse. You just want to get the best out of each other. Oh, there's that marriage-type feeling again. <laughs> it is. Something to, as I said, something to think about over Christmas, I think it's, not just at the bridge table. I think it's very similar to a marriage, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, and it applies to someone here, I really admire people who are life partners and bridge partners just have a lovely temperament at the table. I think that adds a layer of difficulty to the bridge partnership, and I really admire people that do that well. <laughs> I'm not commenting. I think it's called right. the cold shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Have a good Christmas, we... and dream up something nice for us for next week. Oh, I will do. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. I also remember reading a book. There's a great book if you ever get the opportunity to read it. It's Canada's Bridge Warriors with Eric Murray and Sammy Kahila. Yeah, great book. Really What's good that read. About? They were the sort of all-time great partnership of Canada. But mm-hmm. Eric Murray was... He, I guess he was the Marty Bergen of Canada, if you like. Oh. And he used to do some pretty crazy stuff too. And one of the things that was often said about him was if he was third in hand and he wasn't vulnerable, all he needed to bid something was 13 cards. It would never go pass, pass, pass if he was third in hand, not vol. <laughs> hey, I've got a picture of that book. They're both sitting there holding cigars, Barry. Back in the smoking at the table time. <laughs> that was, well, I didn't say it was last week, did I? And, hey, look, it's even got the foreword is by Bob Hammond. Look, they were one of the top players in the world at the time. Top 
partnerships in the world, I should say. And certainly they were just virtually an automatic choice for the Canadian teams back in the day. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Good book. Good book. Lots of fun. I'll ask Andrew Cullen if he can buy it for me. That'll be good. Yeah, he'll, he'll be racing to get that, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll tell him, hey, birthday, I could read that when we're tripping around in March. Yeah, and then, then I'll have to start looking out for you when you're third in hand, not vol. <laughs> <laughs> Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Court's in session. Got a few things this week, Julie, all about integrating new players into the main group. Now, obviously, lots of clubs finished their lessons a bit later this year and your beginners they're always a bit slow to start with which is understandable but when you put them into that main group whether you have summer bridge or whatever you have can be tricky second part is to the beginners how do they play faster and the third part is if you're big enough to have two groups how do you decide who goes into what group without upsetting anyone lots of stuff there to talk about okay so first beginners and what happens if they play slow Simply, you can just take a board out of play. If you need to, you, you can make it 40-40 or 40-60 or whatever, the, or 50-60, whatever you think about the apportionment of blame. In general, your beginners are doing badly. They don't mind if a board is taken out of play. So you just let them know that you're going to take a board out so that they can catch up, that they can relax. They'll get 40%. You can even say you'll give them whatever they score because in general they're not going to do that well. But you're going to take a board out of play because, and that will bring them up to time and then they can just move around the room. Mm-hmm. And that, that is that simple. You don't have to do anything particularly. If you take the board out of play, they catch up and move on to the next round. And very often you only need to take one board away. You can even let them finish the bidding and then take it away. But generally, we're going to take board out of play so that they can catch up. And if you explain it like that, there aren't many problems at all. And everyone's happy because things move smoothly. Okay, to the beginners themselves, how, how can they try and speed up? Well, all people that are slow can probably do a few things to catch up. Our beginners, are, of course, are suffering from a lot of being overwhelmed with things and to a large degree. Our slow players don't have that excuse, but they could probably try a few things. First, don't keep a personal score sheet at all because you can get your results at the end of the day off the internet, off the results. You don't need to keep a personal score sheet. That removes at least some of the issues that people have when they're going around the room. As you get used to the speed, keep a personal score sheet if you like. Good reasons too, not the least being learning how to score properly. When you have finished a board, start the next board. Don't discuss, or if people are being helpful, ask them if you could please play the next board and get them played. And if there is time to discuss things, then we can discuss. A lot of our beginners get a lot of advice from people who are very keen to give them advice and at the same time, of course, everything is slowing down as well as getting intimidating and bewildering. Play the boards that are on the table before discussing any of the boards that are on the table and this would work wonders for some people who are just generally slow. They take the slip out of the back of the board, they look at it, they say what could be made or not made and in the meantime they're getting further and further behind. So this is not just about what beginners can do, this is what a lot of people can do. Good tips. All right. 
Yes, I guess beginners aren't the only ones who are bewildered either, Mariana. No, that's right. Good <laughs> and word. the last thing is that when, if you are behind and the move is being called, if the person who doesn't need to check the score moves on to the next table immediately, then you can start getting ready for that next board and then their partner can check the score and also come and join. Often the director will take the thing away. My biggest frustration as a director is telling people to move and they don't. They sit to look at the score and they say, but I need to check it. And I say, no, you don't. You need to move. I'll bring it to you to check, right? (laughs) You are behind time. It is not about checking the score. And really importantly, when you are behind time, you also don't get to see what everyone else did on that board. That is not a luxury that our slow players are entitled to. They're holding everybody up. So that they move on straight away, I can bring the scoring thing, the tablet or bridge mate or whatever it is, so they can check at the table, but they don't get to see what everyone else did and how well they're doing on that board. They are behind. For our beginners... That information, to a large degree at the moment, is meaningless. We want them just to concentrate on actually being able to play and not to worry about that environment of stuff that's going on around them. I think that was Julie's impression of a beginner's thing, that scoring thing. You know that scoring thing? That's exactly what a beginner at Bridge will call it. <laughs> yes, but, I mean we don't need to see it I have had discussions with people when I have told them to move and taken the tablet away from them to say you move on I've actually done this you move on now I will sort this out and bring it back for you to check and they say we need to and I say no you don't <laughs> it's not a right to hold the whole room up while you check what percentage or how you did on that board as a club session that yeah. is not your right you are holding everyone up and you are being rude this is not about beginners here. This is about our slow players that are always, always slow. Oh, there's the there's the Christmas Grinch for you, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all good. And the last thing is, if and this won't apply to a lot of clubs, but if you are big enough to maybe have a have a separate section um, for for this year's beginners, or maybe even some from the previous years, how do you decide who goes in there, Julie? How would you do that? I wouldn't. I would let them choose themselves. I would say we're going to split the room. We're going to have a section for our new beginner novice players, those that are inexperienced, and so they can sit, they can play. We're going to play slower. We're going to play less boards, so you can relax and enjoy it. And as you get better, you'll find that slowly that that group will end up paying more and more boards over time as they get faster. I think slowly was the wrong word to describe that, but yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> so you wouldn't you wouldn't gr- like grade them, but what happens if one of them wants to go and play in the main area? What's your nice words you pick in there? Oh, why not? Let them, I suppose. You know, a, yeah. Make your own mind up. Probably get last, but in all fairness, why not? If people are keen and they want to do that, they'll have to play at a time. You know, you, that's fine. Why not? Okay. Their choice. Cool. Okay, thank you, Julie. Hopefully, everything's going to go really smoothly at our bridge clubs in the in the new year. <laughs> I hope so. It's, it's, uh, good luck with it all. It's, um, one of those things that just takes time, and hmm. you'd be amazed how quickly the players actually speed up. Yeah. Hey, what's on your Christmas dinner table this year? Going to my son's place. They've got a eight-week-old child, so we're having barbecue and salad and just a good Kiwi um, Christmas rather than a an English winter Christmas. <laughs> 
Very good. Mariana and I are both going to the Christmas tournament, so you can send our presents along with Patrick if you want. <laughs> Actually, I, no, no, you owe Judge Julie a bottle of wine. Oh, God, Because you yes, drank yes, it, yes, remember? Yes, yes, yes. So I think if anyone's going to be taking a Christmas, it's you for Judge Julie. I'll let Patrick know to get a bottle of wine from Barry for me. I, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll quite enjoy telling him that. Thank you, Julie. As Martin. long as Patrick is wearing those fishnet stockings, we'll <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> Have a wonderful Christmas. Oh, we will. You See too. Ya. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, bye. So, Barry, we're almost heading off to Christmas Day, and I guess we can just have a chat about what's coming up around the regions after Christmas. Well, we talked about the Papatoe Christmas, but I hear that you've been doing a bit of stalking. Is that true? Oh, about the Wellington one. Suzanne Duncan. Have you found out? Is she a rich millionaire or something that sponsored it? Or is she a... What's the story? What have you found out? Well, I can tell you something. I can tell you that Dean Soul couldn't help me out, but he did point me in the right direction. What direction did he point you in? North, south, east or west? (laughs) Horizontal. But I wasn't able to get a hold of Alan Grant, so I'm going to try and do that again. But I did find somebody that had a little bit of info. The closest Wellingtonian that I know that's up this way. That'll be your bridge partner for Papatoe. Yeah, Barbara Daly. So I said, come on, Barb, what's the lowdown? And apparently she was a benefactor to the Wellington Bridge Club. So I was close then with the rich millionaire thing, was I? She was involved with the Bridge Club. But this was many years ago. And this memorial is part of a thank you that the club regularly gives back to her. And she does have your picture on the wall. So next time you're playing in Wellington, have a little gaze at it. Good on the Wellington Club for not forgetting Suzanne Duncan. Oh, I Sounds think like that's awesome. She was a big plus for the Wellington Bridge Club. Absolutely. But yes. So all those Wellingtonians get along to the Suzanne Duncan Piers mm-hmm. on the 27th, 28th and 29th, is it, Mariana? Yeah, that's right. People don't think it's 24 hours a day for three days in a row. It's just a nighttime session. You can have the day off. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got the New Year's ones that are coming up. So the New Year's peers up in Auckland. Patrick Carter will be running those at the Auckland Bridge Club over three nights. Yeah, five, and six, and seven. One, two, or three, or the whole lot. The holiday peers down in Canterbury in Christchurch. Yeah, that's a bit of a different one. What days are they playing? Our session one's on the 15th. Session two's on the 7th, and then you have to wait a wee bit to get that third session in up until the 12th of Jan. Those Barbies and all those little drinks and that you have, but you might forget about the 12th if you had to wait that long, Marianne. I don't think that would be good for you. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be good for me. I'd be fed up by then. Yeah. Hey, but one thing that I'm doing, I've got a new hat, you know, the VP of the Hamilton Bridge Club. I'm thinking of seeing if there's going to be some keen bridges out there in the Waikato Bay of Plenty, I guess, to play rubber bridge on a regular basis. Well, you may well find somebody. There are a few keen rubber bridge players around. Yeah, maybe. Good luck with that. <laughs> I know, I won't expect to see you there, so that's good. <laughs> it's a bonus. So I'll probably get lots more entries if they know you're not coming. I'm just a poor real estate agent. I can't afford to play for money. Yeah. But anyway, that's something that I'm going to see if we can get more people or encourage more people to play Rubber Bridge. Is it true you're going to take the lessons next year as well, Mariana? Yes, I've got a little bit on my plate for next year. Yeah, well, you've got a bit of spare time between 2 in the morning and 5 in the morning probably. (laughs) 
You'll be able to vacuum the falcon. (laughs) I'll clean it before you jump in it. How about that? Hey, that's us. I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. We've loved having you as our audience over 2020. What we'd really like is for them to send in their New Year's resolutions for our last show for 2020, New Year's resolutions for 2021. Send them in, brickzoneshow at gmail.com. Fantastic. Okay, peeps, see you at the tables. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.